What a great joy it is to be back with you, dear folks, again this year. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure why, but I just keep getting invitations to go everywhere in the world. And all I can figure out is not my preaching. It's all my friends just think it's their last chance to see me. Amen. <laughs> <clears throat> but whatever it is, God is, uh, has certainly been uh, uh, good to me. And it's so good to be here with you and uh, get to sing in the wonderful congregational singing. And then uh, these two ladies in that beautiful duet and the guitar. Uh, I, I love church. Amen. I never have figured out why anybody would have to be begged to come to church, okay? From the time I got saved, I just wanted to be in church. I always hated uh, that we had women's meetings because I couldn't go, okay? And I just figured if if the church doors was open, I I ought to be there, amen? But uh, it is sure good to be here and with my good friend, brother, what what is your name? Blaylock. I heard this story in Tampa, okay, about these two elderly ladies, and they traveled together a good bit to, you know, restaurants and different things and so forth, shopping. And one of them was named Nell, the other named Mary. And Mary was sitting in the passenger side, and Nell was driving the car. And uh, they they came to a red light, and uh, a, a signal, and it was red, and, and she just went right through it. Okay, Nell. And they came to another one. She just went right through it. And uh, so Mary's sitting over here, and she gets scared. And, and she's, uh, they're coming to this third red light. And uh, Mary said, Nell, don't you think you ought to stop at this light? And she said, oh, am I driving? <laughs> now, I'm sure I, I can relate to that, okay? <laughs> In fact, I used to tell my wife, uh, we're living in the hereafter. Every time we'd go in a room, we'd say, now, what are we hereafter, okay? (laughs) So uh, thank you for letting me come again, Brother Blaylock. You're very kind, gracious, and uh, thank God for you, dear people. Uh, I want to give you the title of my message this morning. And the title of it is, Amazed Indeed. Amazed Indeed. Indeed. Uh, Several years ago, I was preaching for a young pastor in Southern California. And uh, after the message, he said to me, Brother Sis, that was an awesome message. Uh, After the message that night, we went to uh, In-N-Out hamburger place. And we were eating In-N-Out. And by the way, if you haven't eaten In-N-Out, you ought to go to California just so you could eat one, okay? Uh, they are great. Anyway, uh, as he was eating that in and out hamburger, he looked at me and he said, Brother Sid, this is an awesome hamburger. I said, yeah, something like my message, amen. <laughs> now, awesome is kind of a recent word, I guess. Uh, it doesn't appear in our New Testament or in the Bible. Uh, now, it does appear in, in some of the... Uh, more modern editions and so forth, but the King James Bible, it never appeared. But it uses the word amazed many times. Amazed. Amazed indeed. Think about it. For by grace are you saved through faith. That not of yourself. It's a gift of God, not of works, 
lest any man should boast. And by the way, if you're saved this morning, you've been saved by the grace of God. Now, there is no other way, for by grace are you saved through faith. That not of yourself, but it's a gift of God. That's grace, amen. A gift from God, not of works. By the way, nobody is going to get into heaven because they were a Baptist or because they were a preacher or because they were a Sunday school teacher or because they... Now, you ought to do all of those things. Well, I don't know if you ought to do all of them. You ladies probably shouldn't be a Baptist preacher, okay? But uh, uh, th those are all good works. But, hey, uh, we're not saved by any of them. We're saved by the grace of God. And, and sometimes, if we're not careful, uh, we'll stop reading Ephesians right there. But the next verse, verse 10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Now, by the way, good works has nothing to do with my salvation. But if I am saved by the grace of God, then according to verse 10, I will do good works. He had before ordained that we should walk therein. So this morning, I want us to think about God's amazing Grace, God's amazing grace. And uh, uh, the Apostle Paul writing to Timothy, uh, he said, I, I thank God that he's counted me faithful, putting me in the ministry. Now, I, I meet a lot of preachers that uh, don't seem to be real thankful that God put them in the ministry. If uh, I had not been a preacher, I would have been a great football player. That's probably a lie most of the time, Okay. <laughs> If I had not been a preacher, I could have been a great businessman. If I had not been a preacher, I could have been this and that. And I think, hey, you are a preacher. And you ought to be thankful that you're a preacher, amen? So whatever God has made you, then uh, you ought to be thankful for that. But Paul said, I thank God that he's faithful. Enable me, putting me in the ministry. Brother Blaylock, I'm sure you could say that tonight. Uh, I made my call to preach Thanksgiving night, 1954. Now, I don't know why, but Black Oak Baptist Church up in Gary, Indiana, we always had a, a service on Thanksgiving night. I have no idea why. I thought it was, after I get thinking, I think it's pretty dumb. Uh, most of us ate so much turkey, we were asleep, okay? <laughs> but it was that night that I made my call to be a preacher. And uh, I remember saying to uh, Brother Durwood Humble that was doing altar work, uh, Brother Humble, I, I know God has called me to preach, but I really don't know how I can. And he said, Don, how did you get saved? I said, I got saved by the grace of God. He said, okay, if you ever preach, you'll have to do it by the grace of God. By the way, that was good in 1954, and thank God it's good in 2022. For by grace, or grace, God's amazing grace. Think about it, God's amazing grace. Listen to Romans chapter 5. 
For when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Let me stop there a minute. Aren't you glad for that little prefix, U-N? If he had said, Christ died for the godly, then all of us would have said, that leaves me out. But he said, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man would one die, yet preadventure, for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The amazing grace of God. That Jesus Christ would leave heaven and all of its glory and come to this earth and live the life of a servant and suffer and bleed and die on Calvary so I could be saved from my sin. That, my dear friend, is the grace of God. I was the associate pastor of the Calvary Baptist Church in Harvey, Illinois, before I went to Japan as a missionary. And uh, we would go once a month to the Pacific Garden Mission and have a service there. Uh, that, that's a wonderful place, still going very strong. And uh, in the wintertime, I mean, you stand out there on Michigan Avenue, and, you know, the wind blowing off of Lake Michigan, it feels like it's blowing ice on you. And I think, I'm, I'm, I'm too cold, I'm, I'm going inside, I'm not going to pass out any more traffic. And then I would think of a story about Mel Trotter. Mel Trotter was a very wicked man. Had a wife and a little girl, but he didn't take care of them. He spent all of his money, any money he could get, on cheap wine or whiskey or beer and so forth, a drunkard. He came home one night, and his little daughter had frozen to death, had no heat in the building. And he got so low that he decided he'd go and jump in Lake Michigan, commit suicide. But he passed the Pacific Garden Mission. And uh, when he did, somebody pulled him in and God sobered him up and he got saved. And after he got saved, he got a burden for people like him and he established rescue missions all over the world. Oh, the amazing grace of God. You think about somebody. <clears throat> I think about my own, own dad. <clears throat> he was a coal miner. Now, I, I, I was born to my mom and dad in May the 30th, 1933. Now, I know you can add... You say, he's 89. And you say, I'm shocked. I thought he was 109, okay? <laughs> My dad worked hard all, all week long, coal miner. Made very, very little money. But every weekend he got drunk. The rest of the week he was very easy to get along with. But when he got drunk, he was a beast. Very abusive and so forth. I got saved when I was 16 years old. A young man invited me to go to a Youth for Christ meeting. And I promised him I would go. And I did. And I got saved. 
16 years old. That's been more than 10 years ago, okay? <laughs> and um, the, 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 the night I got saved, Brother Blaylock, I never will forget. Nobody in my family was saved. None, none of my brothers, sisters, nobody. And I thought, I'm saved. This is wonderful. Thank God. It is wonderful to be saved. <clears throat> That's been 73 years ago. Thank God it's still wonderful. Amen. <clears throat> but the next thought I had was this. I sure wish my dad was saved. I never saw him in church one time in all my life. After we got married, and my dad, mom and dad had already moved up to Gary, Indiana. Virginia and I went up there for work. And we were having a revival meeting in Black Oak Baptist Church. We'd had a two weeks cottage prayer meetings, and I'd gone every night, pray for my dad. He's 57 years old. He's on his way to hell. I couldn't get over it. My dad's going to hell. On Monday morning, I went by my mom and dad's house trailer, and I said, Papa, uh, we're having a revival meeting. We've got a preacher from Kentucky, Johnny Robinson, come to preach for us. I, I sure wish you'd go with us sometime to the meeting. And even though I'd been praying all week and believing God, uh, he shocked me. <clears throat> he said, Don, I just talked to your mama yesterday. I think I'll go. And I said, okay, I'll come by and pick you all up today. And I knew mom would be ready. I prayed all that day. I, I made cores at King's Foundry. But I worked. I, I prayed all day. Lord, don't let him change his mind. I got home that night. We ate supper and got ready to go to church. And I said to Virginia, let's get down on our knees and pray for Papa again. And, and we did. I went to church that night. We had a little prayer meeting before the service. And uh, I picked my mom and dad up. They were there in the church. <clears throat> and I said, fellas, please pray for my dad in a special way tonight. He's 57 years old, never seen him in church. They all prayed. And that night, Brother Johnny Robinson preached a wonderful gospel message. That's a good thing he did. If he would have pussyfooted around and not preached that night, I would have shot him, amen. <laughs> but he didn't. He preached a wonderful message. At the end of the message, I, I said to my dad, Papa, I've been praying for you for a long time, ever since I got saved. I'd sure like to see you saved. And he said, tears in his eyes, son, I'd like to get saved. And he did. I never will forget the last thing my dad said to me when we were on our way to Japan. I'm an old man. You're going a long way, Don. I may never see you here on the earth. But one day I'll see you in heaven. And thank God that he will. Okay. The amazing grace of God. The fact that I got saved was amazing grace of God. You, you think of the Apostle Paul. Persecuted. Uh, the Christians. Injured. Really, really a horrible man. And he said, this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Father. Who will have all men to be saved. And come to the knowledge of God. For there is one God. One mediator between man and God. The man Christ Jesus. Who gave himself a ransom for all. By the way notice those things. 
He died for all men. He gave himself a ransom for all. To be testified in due time. One God, one mediator. No other way. Paul said in the passage we read today, this is good and acceptable in the sight of our God our Father. That, listen to it, that he died for our sin. He died for sinners. Now listen it. Of whom, listen carefully, I am the chiefest of sinners. But I like I don't know how many times I've read that, every time I think. Yeah, Paul, before you got saved, you were the chiefest of sinners. But he didn't say I was the chiefest of sinners. He said, I am the chiefest of sinners. Wow. Paul, you've been a missionary. You've done this. I'm the chiefest of sinners. I recognize that in me there dwelleth no good thing. By the way, if we're not careful, many of us have been saved a long time. We'll sort of think, you know, we're we're pretty good. Hey, better take a look at Jesus. Amen. The amazing grace of God. Hey, by the way, his grace wasn't an afterthought. After Adam and Eve sinned, God didn't scratch his head and say, wow, I never dreamed that could happen. Dr. Harold Seitler, who pastored Tabernacle Baptist Church for many, many years, great preacher. I've heard him say it over and over. Did it ever occur to you that nothing ever occurred to God? It didn't. Listen to it. Now, sometimes we come to church, we leave our minds at home. Don't, don't do that. Listen carefully to this passage. For as much as you know that you are not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by tradition from your father, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish, Without spot, who barely was foreordained before the foundation of the earth. Before God created the earth, before there was ever a man, Jesus Christ committed himself to come to the earth and suffer and bleed and die for sinners. Who was before ordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last time. Let me give you one other verse on the amazing grace of God. For the wages of sin is death. That's what we deserve. Have you ever heard anybody say, well, all I want is what I deserve. And every time I hear that, no, no, you don't either. If I got what I deserved, if you got what you deserve, you got what you deserve, we'd all spend eternity in hell separated from God. Mercy is God keeping from us that which we deserve. We deserve to spend eternity separated from God. But listen to grace. But the gift of God is eternal life 
through Jesus Christ our Lord. Is that a great conjunction or not? But the gift of God, he came into his own, his own received him not. But to as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God. Thank God we are the children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. Mercy is God not giving us what we deserve. Grace is God giving us what we do not deserve. By the way, if you think you deserved anything, uh, then you don't know anything about grace. We could never, never deserve what God has done for us. But we don't have to. It's a gift. Now listen to that. God's amazing plan. God's amazing plan. The last words that Jesus uttered before he died on Calvary was this. It is finished. In our language, it is finished is three words. <clears throat> In the Greek, it's one word. Take the last time. And uh, a mortgage would be totally paid. They would stamp it. Tetelestai. Paid in full. An artist would look at a piece of art, put the final touches to it, back off, look at it, and say, Tetelestai. It is finished. Jesus, when he died on Calvary, said, Tetelestai. I have done everything necessary in order for mankind to be saved. Praise the Lord. Salvation is not something we do. It's something he has already done. It is a finished work. You remember when the ladies went out to anoint the body of Jesus on the first day of the week? Sunday morning early. Mary Magdalene, Johanna, uh, Mary the mother of James, some other women. They, they said, uh, we're, we're going to anoint the body of Jesus. And by the way, I've never figured out why they did that. Joseph of Arimathea, Nicodemus, they were wealthy. I'm sure they took care of all of that. And all I can think of, Brother Blaylock, is those women said, men can't do anything right. I don't know any other reason for it. <laughs> but uh, that they, they were going out to anoint the body of Jesus for the burial and so forth. And they had, had a big problem. How are we going to roll away that big stone? And then when they got to the tomb, they found the stone had been rolled away. By the way, it wasn't rolled away so Jesus could get out. He walked through doors. He could have walked through that stone. It was rolled away so we could see inside. I'll never forget being in Israel and a Jewish guide said there's a controversy of which tomb Jesus was really buried in. But he said, it didn't make any difference. He's not in either one of them. Amen. <laughs> and the angel said to them, why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here. Go see the place where he lay. And then he said, 
By the way, the angel said to them, go tell his disciples to meet him in Galilee. On the way, they met Jesus. Guess what they did? They fell down and worshipped him. We sang this morning about seeing Jesus face to face. When we do, it doesn't matter who we are. We'll fall at his feet and thank him. Jesus, don't, don't, don't do that now. Just, you go tell my brethren, same group, disciples, my brethren, to meet me in Galilee. So the angel said, to the, go tell the disciples, he's going to meet you in Galilee. Uh, Jesus said, <clears throat> go tell my brethren, I want to meet him in Galilee. Why do you want to meet him in Galilee? Because at Galilee, when they gathered together, I mean, the 11 disciples, maybe several others, but uh, the bottom line is, he gave them the great commission. I I like to think of this happening. Jesus met with his disciples. By the way, that's us, okay? And I believe from the depth of my heart, we have as much responsibility as did those first disciples. And uh, he said, in essence, okay, now I've done everything that needs to be done in order for mankind to be saved. Now, I'm committing into your hands the opportunity and the responsibility of getting this good news to every man, woman, boy, and girl on the face of the earth. What a glorious opportunity we have, amen. What an awesome, and I don't like the word awesome, but what an amazing opportunity we have. Respond. What happened after that meeting? They went everywhere preaching the word. By the way, already there are millions of people in heaven because those disciples were faithful and then generation after generation after generation has been faithful. Millions and millions in heaven already. Now, if you don't believe there's a lot of people in heaven, uh, you go and read, not this morning, but when you get home, okay? Read Revelation chapter 7. And I looked and I saw an innumerable multitude from all tribes, all nations, all tongues, and so forth. Millions and millions. Now, I know there's some people that think there's only going to be a few people in heaven. There's some people that think like this. I'm not sure anyone except me and you and I'm not real sure about you. (laughs) By the way, when you get to heaven, you see somebody you didn't expect to be there, don't look too surprised. They may be just as surprised to see you, okay? (laughs) No, heaven's not going to be lightly populated. No. People say churches started all over the world. 
Well, we're here this morning, and a lot of churches, it's already over. It's night for them. I think of the churches in the Orient, Japan, and so forth. Churches all over the world. Schools started by Christian people. By the way, every one of the Ivy League schools were started by Christian people for the purpose of educating people so they could go and preach the gospel around the world. Now, you wouldn't know that today. By the way, liberals don't start anything. They steal things. Hospitals, orphanages. That's all a result of what happened at Galilee. And he said unto them, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. That's a great statement, amen. That's a unique statement. No other man could have ever made that statement truth. All authority, all power is given to me. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. He said in another place, Mark 16, 15, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's God's amazing plan. Every once in a while I meet people and say, Well, but it says my problem is I, I don't understand the Bible. Well, let's see if you misunderstand this. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Even little children could understand every one of those words. I think it was Mark Twain that said, it's not what I don't understand that bothers me. What bothers me is what I understand and I'm not doing. Hey, that's our job, folks. 2022, members of Beacon Baptist, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. What an amazing plan. Every believer, a witness for the Lord. An amazing plan. One other thing. Our amazing opportunity. Think about it. We get to be involved in the wonderful ministry of preaching the gospel all around the world. And by the way, when you give to your church week after week, your tithe, your mission offering, you are having a part in every missionary supported by this church. You remember what Paul told the church at Philippi? He thanked them for their offering. He said, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. In other words, Paul said, thank you for sending me the offering. He was a missionary. But it's not because I want an offering, but because of what you're doing, 
then you'll have fruit from everything that I do. What a great opportunity we have in the year 2022. Now I know you say COVID was so bad and I've heard so much moaning and groaning. And for sure, it was a bad thing. But even during that time, God worked amazing things. Today, 2022, we as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ have more open doors than any generation has ever had to the 195 nations and the thousands of ethnic groups around the world. Back during the Cold War and so forth, Big topic, every mission conference. What are we going to do about all the closed doors? Today, the big problem. What are we going to do about all of the open doors? We have the greatest opportunity that any generation of Christians has ever had. By the way, we have more trained leaders in Bible-believing fundamental churches than any generation has ever had. Think of all the good Bible schools that are producing hundreds and hundreds of trained people. We have technology that we can only dream about a few years ago. I haven't, uh, I don't know, I think they call this a smartwatch. It's much smarter than me. (laughs) It tells me when to breathe. It tells me how to, to take a break. It tells me how to stand up. I don't know how it knows, okay? But I remember as a kid, I had a Dick Tracy watch. Any of you remember that? Come on, you're old enough. And you could talk in that watch. And, and the only ones that heard you were just people around you. But I can talk on this watch now. And I can speak to somebody in Japan. I can speak to somebody in Iran. Anywhere in the world. Think about technology. Rapid transportation. Mass communication. More technology than any other generation. By the way, we have more money than any generation before us has ever had. Tonight, I'm going to tell you some real interesting things, okay? About how God taught me to be a giver. You'll like that. Now, don't stay home. Uh, how many of you would say th- this morning, hey, Brother says, I'm, I'm going to come back tonight and hear you. Lift your hands real high. Now, the rest of what are you going to do? <laughs> you say, well, I don't go to church on Sunday. Well, come tonight, okay? But we have more money than any other generations of Christians has ever had. By the way, We have more people to preach to. In the ninth chapter of Matthew, verse 26, Jesus, when he saw the multitudes, by the way, when Jesus walked on the earth, there were about 250 million people on the earth, about the size of our country, even smaller. 
But today, there's nearly 8 billion people. And he saw the multitude. He was moved with compassion for them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then said he to his disciples, Pray therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. Baptist International Missions Incorporated last year received for the missionaries and mission causes. None of it stays there. It's all designated. More money than they've ever received in any one year in the 64 years of the history of the mission. But last year, there were fewer missionaries than I have known in my time with the mission. There was a time when about 15% of Bible school graduates went to the mission field. I looked at most of our Christian colleges and last year 3% were going to the mission field. I preach a lot in colleges and high schools and so forth. You remember when uh, Isaiah saw the thrice holy God? He recognized his own sins. He was cleansed. And he said, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? What did Isaiah say? Tell me, okay. Here am I, send me. Many times in colleges I say, and most of you are saying, most of you red-blooded American men, you're saying, here's my sister, send her. (laughs) Hey, isn't it about time that some young people, some teenagers, some young adults, some young couples, some middle-aged couples, would dare say to God, here am I. Send me. Here am I. Send me. Final question. What are you doing now for world evangelization? What are you willing to do? What are you waiting for? God's amazing grace. God's amazing What a great plan. Yeah, everything he did was great, amen. And our amazing opportunity. Let's bow our heads for prayer. On behalf of everyone at Beacon Baptist Church, we thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that your heart and life has been impacted through the biblical truths of this message. If you have questions or would like more information, please contact us through our website at beaconbaptistchurch.com. That's beaconbaptistchurch.org. May the Lord bless you.